better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Draft Dudes is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 10 bucks off your first order. Kyle, happy June to you. June, geez, man. It feels like ever since we went under quarantine, it's like all of these days have just bled together and it felt like one massive weekend. And then you come up and you wake up and it's the first Monday in June. Here we are. Um, talk, hopefully, talk hoping for a better second half of the year, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the first I'll, half. I guess technically this is still the, the first half, though. Yeah. Is that we what it starts in July? Yeah, because, you know, 12 is the number of months mm-hmm. out of the year, and, you know, this is the beginning of the sixth. So you got to finish the sixth to get to halfway. Yeah, you know, me and math. So it's really good that we're going to talk about probably some math things today here on this uh, podcast. Yeah, numbers. Don't know what numbers. those are. You know, when they start, when you start doing algebra and there's all of a sudden letters introduced to the numbers, you know, that's where it lost me. Well, I was fine the- with, with, with long division. I was fine with well, like. Apparently you weren't because you couldn't get 12 divided by two. <sighs> the good news is the numbers we're talking about today do have a fun- functional application in that we're talking about salary cap, contracts, things that to a lay person are very complex, but to guys <laughs> who work in our field, you know, we have to know this stuff. Yeah. So we're pretty well versed in guaranteed money versus annual average salary versus cap space versus bonuses and how those bonuses can be restructured or reacclimated or however they need to be done and reshuffled so that teams can work the jigsaw puzzle and get underneath the salary cap. And so the emphasis today is on tight ends, right? We Mm -hmm. got the George Kittle situation. We have interesting dynamics in play across the league at tight end and Kyle, I'd like to start this off by asking you a, a trivia question, if I can, about tight ends. No. Too bad. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. And I, hopefully you don't have this information in front of you because that would really spoil this. But uh, in, in terms of cap allocation on their roster right now, yep. what team do you think spends the fewest amount of dollars on tight ends in the NFL as of today? Oh, it's probably the Patriots. The Patriots are 29th. Okay, so that was a good guess at the very it, least. That was a good yes. guess. Yes, yeah. Normally, I'm the one that has to do these guesses, right? E- yeah. Either on the show or just random phone calls I get during the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> is, it the, is it the Dolphins? Yes, the Dolphins dead last. $4.071 million. Interesting enough, the team right on top of them, San Francisco oh, well, 49ers. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. 4.2, the Atlanta Falcons uh, 30th. Uh, 4.7 in the Patriots. Packers to round out your bottom five. Well, your 49ers number is going to change here real <laughs> quick. Yes, it will. And that's I think that was an interesting way to get into this George Kittle conversation because San Francisco's cap allocation in general is not very heavy when it comes to pass catchers, right? Like tight ends, wide receivers. I bet you they're they're spending about towards the bottom of the league in wide receivers as well. Let me pull that up because I need to know. Oh, your producer going to crack that open for you? Yeah, yeah. So here it is. They're um, 29th. So 
They're they're 31st in tight end spending. They're 29th in wide receiver spending. Now the Dolphins can't, and they're not down there this time. They're 20th, but um, they're going to have to make some choices like here. Well, yeah, Alan Hearns is picking up too much money. Albert Wilson as well. But for the 49ers, they've, they've been able to kind of make it work with um, not committing big dollars. But now here's the challenge. When you, when you land George Kittle in the fifth round and he becomes the best tight end in football, comes to a complicated conversation. Not even the best tight end in football, right? If you look at the last two years, George Kittle has produced 2,430 receiving yards over the course of the last two seasons combined, okay? Mm -hmm. That number, and mind you, he's never had more than 90 targets. He had 89 targets. Wait, 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 say that again. You're serious? Yeah. His catch percentage has got to be off the charts. Uh, He caught 80% of his passes in 2019. Okay. And he caught 65% of his passes in 2018. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I read that wrong. I got to do that over again. Okay. It was, I meant to say touches, not targets. So, Joe, over the course of the last two seasons, George Kittle has produced 2,430 yards and has not had more than 90 touches of the football in either of those two seasons. Now, he had 85 catches on 107 targets this past year. He caught 80% of his targets in 2019. But his 2,430 receiving yards over the past two seasons Joe, what do you think that number ranks across all players in the NFL, 2018 and 2019 combined? So, okay, 2018, 2019 combined, I'm guessing pretty high. I mean, I would guess in the top 20 or 25. So 2,430 yards. Give me an exact number. Okay, uh, 21st. Sixth. (sighs) You're kidding for a tight end? So a tight end, sixth most receiving yards over the last two seasons combined, and the names that are in front of him, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Travis Helsey, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. Who's like That's the next it. few guys behind him? Do you have that? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, but... Here's the interesting part, right? We've we've we talked a little bit about this yesterday or last week, the dynamics of tight end contracts and Hunter Henry is the top paid tight end on the franchise tag at 10.61 million dollars. That number is equivalent to I believe the 21st, 22nd highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Would you not argue that if you're getting that amount of receiving production and everything else that George Kittle brings to your offense in the run game and the blocking, that he's not more valuable than wide receivers? It's got a hell of a case. Like, am I crazy to think that? That, like, if you have an elite receiving tight end who can also fill what George Kittle can do for you as a block, like, how many times have we seen him kick dudes out the club? Right when he when he's gets his hands on guys as a blocker, which is big for that offense. 
that value measures higher, in my opinion, than the run game benefits of any wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. So how do so you quantify wh- what you pay this? T- <laughs> so wide receiver production, right? Elite wide receiver production and a bigger impact in the run game for sure. Yes. No question. Man, <laughs> it's pretty compelling. And he means so much to your football team. I think that's another layer to this. Sometimes we get yeah, into, yeah, sometimes we get into tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and and you think to yourself, you know what? That's a really good player for that team, and they mean a lot to them, but I don't know if it would be the same somewhere else. No, George, George Kittle George Kittle can make that type of impact anywhere. And and I think I think this is this is you remember it was Jimmy Graham and the conversation was about his franchise tag, whether he should be whether classified as a wide receiver or a tight end. Tight end. Yeah. And then he like it got so crazy he even like changed his Twitter bio to be like Wide not it, yeah. yeah, it was it was no longer tight end for the whatever team Saints yeah. or Seahawks whatever yeah. team was. This is this is um this is a different conversation because nobody's going to argue that George Kittle isn't a tight end. But his value is different. I would like to a, actually look that up. I'm going to see if I can get his splits on that snap. Was, that was a point that I had made because I wrote about this uh, yesterday for TDN, said the NFL's evolution has changed the expectations for tight ends, and while there have always been receiving stars of the position such as Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, and Rob Gronkowski, the pay hasn't swelled at an equivalent rate, in part because talents like these are so hard to come by. The 49ers now face the prospect of signing the next great one in a time of rapid salary cap expansion and must find the common ground needed to appease Kittle's desired price. He's worth it, and he's likely going to break the glass ceiling currently situated over top of the tight end compensation. Okay, Kyle, I've got the uh, the snap the snap distribution, uh, but if, first, let me tell you about I, our friends over oh, yeah. at Built Bar. Built Bar. About well, first of all, the first thing you know is this is the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. It's hard to explain. You got to try it for yourself. They're all made with real chocolate. And the flavor variety is absolutely amazing. You can get salted caramel, peanut butter, or you can also get orange chocolate, raspberry chocolate, coconut almond. There is so much variety in the different types of protein bars that you can get, and they're all extremely healthy for you. It's an amazing combination of low-calorie, high-protein, low-sugar, no additives. You compare these things to other protein bars, half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more Protein. They chew like a candy bar. It's not like the, a chalky uh, texture that you get with other protein bars. You don't feel like you're going to need to rinse out your mouth after you eat one of these things. They have a wonderful consistency. That's it's very similar to eating like a Milky Way or a Three Musketeers bar, and they taste absolutely delicious. You could try them for yourself. We've actually got a deal for you. If you go to builtbar.com, you use our promo code Lockdown, you'll get ten bucks off your first order. Again, builtbar.com using promo code Lockdown. Get you 10 bucks off that first order. All right, Kyle, I've got the numbers. So George Kittle. Uh, sure. Guess. So let me tell you that last year he played 978 snaps. And I have his backfield, inline, slot, and wide snaps as courtesy of Pro Football Focus. Okay, this will be a fun little game here. Kittle, I'm going to say he spent the most amount, least amount of his snaps 
out wide. Is that correct? Remember I said backfield. Backfield is... Does that include like H-back off? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would still say out wide. No, but you're going to tell me it's backfield. Yeah, 25 reps in the backfield, 91 out wide. Okay. And I was going to say out wide was going to be double digits, not triple digits. So I was at least... Yeah. Okay, so he almost, if he was in the box, his hand was on the line. Uh, he has a decent amount of slot reps, too. Right, but like but yeah. that's that's detached from the formation. Like, if yep. he's inside the yeah. immediate line of scrimmage, his hand is in the ground. Yep. Um, I would say he spent more of his time with his hand in the ground than he did in the slot. By how much? Not much. Probably close to 50-50. <laughs> you ready for these numbers? Yeah. It's 978 total snaps. 25 out of the backfield. 91 wide. 131 from the slot. And 728 oh, in line. This Last year. Tight end. So the question <laughs> is this. How, how hard is San Francisco going to cling to that? It's, they have a compelling thing there. It's like, well, I, I hear you, right? But you're a tight end. Man, uh, I could see this one getting dicey <laughs> because they both have such firm evidence on their side, right? It's like George Kittle's going to want top 10 wide receiver money, which is $16.2 million. Even if they gave him a market reset of... 10% better than the, the next highest salary at the position. <laughs> He's still 25% short of his target money. Yeah. That's a very large gap for, well, for, for salary purposes. For the record, his, his splits in 2018 were nearly identical, but so what do you also mean one- nearly identical? Nearly identical to 2019. Yeah, same thing. Okay. 931 total snaps, 637 in line. So 197 in the slot. Um, at what point as an organization is you're navigating this discussion with George Kittle? And obviously you want him back, but you also want him back for the least amount that you have to pay him. At what point do you say to yourself, you know what, damn it? We got this dude in the fifth round. We've been paying him peanuts, right? Based on the production he's given us. We've had... One of the top value contracts in the league for the last three seasons. At what point do you say, you know what? Yeah, this is going to be pricey, but he's it hadn't been pricey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, that's how I would justify the spending with no, my own man. personal checkbook. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, because because t- if teams were going to think that way, they'd be paying running backs. Sure, but. If I was San Francisco, I'm not. I'm keeping George Kittle. I drafted him in the fifth round. Right, right. He's a John Lynch draft pick. Become a core piece of your team. One of the best players in the NFL. He's not leaving. And so at some points, I have to like meet his demands. And I wouldn't want this situation lingering. I wouldn't want to have press conference after press conference talking about his deal. I'd come pretty close to meeting his demands. Right. If his if his asking point is 16 you should have no problem paying him 16 especially with what you're paying the rest of your pass catchers on your offense and how replaceable your running backs seem to be and at what point are you even close to paying one of these wide receivers 
let's see. You got Debo for <laughs> another two three years. more. Yeah, he's three a, more he, years. Yeah, he's, he's he'll be eligible for an extension after two years. Right. Um. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, because he got Ayuk. They let Sanders walk. None of these other guys are really big money guys anyway. Right. Didn't you tell yeah. me last week Kendrick Bourne's the most expensive receiver at like yes, three I mil? I did. I believe I did. I think we're going to be okay here. I, you know, hey, Kit, you know how much Kittle got paid last year? What his salary was last year? Uh, Six hundred eighty thousand. Six hundred forty-five thousand dollars, and that yeah. was the most he'd received the year before that when he went over a thousand yards. He had five hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. I'm saying, dude, they they've had they've had uh, quite the economic option here. Yeah, man, it's. But teams don't always just bite the bullet. So that's where this has the opportunity to go sideways. And also maybe another reason why we think about what the 49ers did this past year with those two first round draft picks. And a lot of expectation was that they would move back and really load up on depth for this roster, get some cheaper, more economic players, you know, so that way when the Kittles come up and when they have to pay Mike McGlinchey and, you know, they just give decent contract to Jimmy Ward. You know, Fred Warner's going to be expensive one day. You know, that like they'd be able to have more depth waiting in the wings. Maybe find your next George Kittle-like player at a different position. So I think I'm a little surprised when I think back on this. And I, they, they didn't trade back. They, they just said, hey, we want a cheaper version of Javon Kinlaw. So we're going to take – or of DeForest Buckner. So we'll trade the one get a much cheaper player for the next really four or five years. And they needed another receiver and they felt like they had to get Brian and I could actually moved up for him. Right. Right. So, okay. What is San Francisco's cap number right now? They got 15 million in cap space. Yep. So as we project forward, who are some names that we think are most expendable like upcoming free agents, Solomon Thomas is going to walk, right? They're Bye. not, they're not going to yeah. return. Him. That's a average annual salary of $7 million off the books. Tevin Coleman expiring contract. He Gotta played go. 30% of the snaps last year. He's getting paid four and a quarter. He's out, right? He's walking. Um, What about D Ford? When's he up? Yeah, they, they actually, 2023. They actually said he was, you know, on the block this year. They have a reasonable out after this year on their deal. Um, his dead cap this year is 20 million. His cap hits 15. Next year that changes. His cap hit is 17.6. His dead cap is 4.8. So they could get out of that deal after this year. And they, they may, th- they may have to. Uh, we got Trent Williams is due for renewal next year as well, though. Mm-hmm. So that's something to watch. Richard Sherman's due for a new contract. At what point do you try to get ahead of that decline? You know? It can't be anytime soon because they don't have the corners. Right. They have Emmanuel Mosley, who I like a ton. But, yeah, that's it. But, you know, Quan Williams played 60% of the snaps last year. Kella Witherspoon played 55. But the consistency ain't Richard Sherman because say what we will about Richard Sherman and him being 33 years old, he's still playing at a high level. He is. You just feel like it's going to come fast, right? 
Well, especially because he wasn't super like his game is not predicated on athleticism, which is maybe good for the staying power. But <laughs> once the physical decline really takes place, like then you get worried, right? Josh Norman, hi. Um, but <laughs> you know, unless Richard bombs this year, which I don't, I don't expect would happen. I would be bringing Sherman back. I'd bring like on him back one year on, deals on like a on like a two year deal with a club option or something like that. Yeah, the D like Ford's, a one and one, like a one and one. Yeah, I think so. I think you have to. D Ford's the one though. I think that's your big ticket. You can get out of this deal. You'd like to have him. He can help your football team, but. And I guess the, the end, good thing to bring the, the good thing about bringing Sherman back is he's not going to cost you more than what's costing you now. Like his money's not going to go up. Right. So he's getting paid nine. But, but I think that's a position they need to invest in at corner. Correct. But Trent, like Trent Williams is on the books this year for 13-2. That number's mm-hmm. going to go up, right? You think so, yeah. And like not by a small amount. Like probably maybe enough to break even with what you'll save in, in letting Tevin Coleman walk with that 4.2 off the books. Get Trent Williams up to 17 mil, 18 mil. What, what about Jarek McKinnon? That's going to be some relief there when, when, once that deal. Now they restructured. Okay, he's only on a one year one point one. Right. She so signed that four year thirty. Right. Okay. So that's tightened up already. <laughs> but it's uh, like you know we. Jimmy G better be it. You know he better be the quarterback they need, because if he's not, then they're going to have to rip that band aid off. Well, I'll say this about Jimmy G. I've written, written, wrote, I don't know. I've I talked wrote. about him a lot in, in the written form. Um, Jimmy G's such a confusing player in that he's been in the league for a long time. He's like 28, 29 years old, but he just played his first full season, right? Like, mm-hmm. and he had a good year. I mean, high passer rating. Um, when he needed to put up a lot of points, he was usually able to do it. And this 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo over the last three years is like 21 and five without him. They're like four and 18 or something terrible. Yep. So he, like I'm willing to admit that Jimmy G is still a developing player in the NFL as weird as that sounds. And he's entering like year four with Jimmy with Kyle Shanahan. Isn't, isn't that an unenviable spot to be in when you consider what you're you're paying this developing player? Like typically the developing player you got on a rookie deal. <laughs> you're you're not wrong about that, but like they've achieved. I mean, it wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo's fault necessarily that they didn't win the Super Bowl, right? Right? Like they were right there. Well, he missed, he missed that throw to Emmanuel Sanders that was wide open, but. Yeah, I think it de- sure, but the defensive collapse was also, you know what I mean? Like I think Jimmy yeah. G did enough in that Super Bowl to win it. I would have liked to see him get Kittle a few more times if we're talking George Kittle. He he was abusing over the the middle and Jimmy locked on his his first read a few times. But by and large, I would agree that San Francisco was well positioned to win the game. So we don't get into a semantic pissing contest here. Um but I guess the the larger point with Jimmy G and the 49ers cap situation is you have to find $15 million in cap space because that's the difference between what George Kittle wants versus what George Kittle's getting paid. It's D Ford. 
There's your there's your space. So you break even there. You got to draft well. You got to replenish with some draft picks. You let Tevin Coleman hit the road, and that goes to re-signing Trent Williams. Solomon Thomas walks, so now you got your plus seven mil. Jaquiski tarts up for renewal. Yeah, I don't I think, think he'll. He... I don't think he'll cost too much more if they wanted to re-sign him than the six and a half he's on the books for for annual average per. What about Quan Alexander? I can't believe they gained the contract they gave him. Well, that's another one to look at because they they got to love what they have in those youngsters, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. So, uh, Quan Alexander is four year, fifty four mil. Yeah, and they're they're on the hook. Yeah, dude, they're in oh, trouble they gave- with that one. <laughs> it's a bad deal. They gave a lot of uh, guarantees all the way through. Yeah, that's a bad deal. They're screwed on that one. They're out. They're out as right now. It doesn't get better. Cap number. Where's the dead <laughs> cap? Oh, jeez, man. Yeah. They've already pushed some of this to like, tw- yeah, it's bad. Wait, they got, they gave him prorated bonus beyond the life of the contract? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying it's a bad deal. It's a freaking bad doing? deal, man. Drew Rosenhaus, brother. I don't know what to tell you, man. Holy cow. <laughs> that's not a good one. <laughs> And, fun fact, his salary became fully guaranteed because uh, he was on the roster on April 1st. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in. They're in on him. That's, that's a stinger, he, brother. <laughs> how did he grade out last year? For PFF? Yeah, because I know you've got those, those numbers on hand. Call me a PFF truther here? Well, I just know you you like to have all of the information at your disposal. Uh, so I know I I know Quan missed seventeen percent of his tackles last year. His grade very solid fifty two point six thirty four point nine as a run defense twenty seven as a tackler. This dude missed a lot of tackles, man. And he only played eight games. Yeah, he hadn't graded well. I mean, he, he graded for Tampa 57.4 in 2018, 65.5 in 17, 68.5 in 16, and 40.5 in 15. Like, maybe this is an overrated football player, if according to this data, right? I mean, he's certainly not worth that pay, that How contract. How do you like him coming out? You know me that this was – I've had a lot of – me and linebackers, we've evolved together, okay? So yeah. so it's it's been a learning curve for you, right? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he was... Well, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I'm genuinely asking you because I don't know how you felt about him coming out. Well, now you're going to want me to go back to my board. What freaking year was this? 15. Okay. I had him you 223. Might... Oh, wow, you can get to your stuff fast, man. Yeah, I got all my prospecti on my, my phone. I know. I've been, I've, I've been around you enough to see how often you whip that out. So why don't you uh, talk about something here as I pull <laughs> pull up my 2015 board. Almost there. Okay, let's see what I said about his tackling. Can take conservative angles, but does not clean up with form tackles that would be expected from good positioning. Lunges into attempts, shoulders, ball carriers with others. Uh, instinct spends a lot of time keying in on, in on backfield motion. Remains patient on spot during flat-footed reads until back releases. Does not regularly shoot gaps between the tackles. He only had 
one year with double digit tackles for loss. So that kind of correlates. All right, I got it up now. Quan Alexander. There you go. Toughness. Showed some hesitancy tackling power backs in the open field, grabbing higher sweeping feet instead of pulling, putting frame behind his pads. Can get pushed around due to a lack of hand placement and refinement. Let me just tell you how fast my computer is being really fast. Quan Alexander is a fairly raw prospect. Uh, he has yet to display traits or functional athletic skills to suggest he has an upside to become a top-end starter, best fit as an outside linebacker in a 4-3 front, but any potential to start should be pushed back until time allows for development. Well, year two he went out and had 145 tackles, so he proved me dumb on that front. But the the tackling has been an issue for him, a big issue for him. And I don't know how you can gloss over one of the highest paid linebackers in the league, not being able to tackle with any consistency. Wish I could tell you that uh, this was loading oh, correctly. Yeah. For you me. just <laughs> don't even know where you had it, huh? Well, I'm, I'm searching for his name and it's not coming up. And I, I uh, did plenty of players this year. I did well uh, over 300. So I don't understand why he's not showing when I hit control F. So uh, well, maybe that's F because it's chat not. for Joe. Yeah, well, I got one more crack at this thing here. I just reloaded it. It looks a lot better. All right, here it is. Oh, I, I can't, I can't say, I can't say, <laughs> I can't say. I'll ask you off the air. How's that? Yeah, I can't say on this. <laughs> Holy shnikes! Oh. I'm assuming it was higher than two twenty three. I can't. <laughs> what in the world? This even surprises me. So, like I said, I have um. I have evolved with uh, linebackers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. If the, if you think that's bad, I had Jason Spriggs as a top 10 player. So whatever you got, just take it in stride. Uh, I had Eric Kendricks 16 though. So, Oh, I loved Eric Kendricks, dude. Yeah. My linebackers this year in general were not awesome, but it was also not a good linebacker group in general. Stefan Anthony, I, I can, yeah, I'm I proud to say Stephon Eric Kendricks Anthony. was my number one linebacker. Yeah, it's Kendricks 11, Stefan Anthony 23, Bernardrick McKinney 51 were my top three guys. I, I had to have had McKinney at three, right? Uh, Yep, three. Yep. So that worked out. Quan Alexander, just have to keep going. Oh, this is the Paul Dawson, you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Paul. This was also guy. the Jeff Luke here. You remember that guy? Jeff Luke? Dude that is he was a quarterback or? Or no. he was that like that just that physical dude. Yeah. He's the bodybuilder looking dude. Yeah. He used to play fullback and flipped over to linebacker and everybody yeah. wanted him to be something so bad because he looked like a tank. Yeah. Poor or one out Shaq for Davis Cole. Oh, it's Shaq Thompson. You know, that's the type of linebacker I wouldn't like. Uh one sixteen. Okay, I had him one uh sixty ninth. Okay. Nice. So I wasn't super crazy about him. Yeah, nice. Thirteen spots ahead of Paul Dawson. F. Draftable grade to Paul. Not good. Pour one out for Davis Toll, though, Kyle. Yeah. That was another popular name. Nice tape. I remember, man. He put so much stress on those tackles, man. They were just not looking too hot, but he didn't do anything. I'm, like, looking for, like, other names that were, like, oh, I can't believe. Like, this was just, just was not a good linebacker group. Nope. Ben Heaney. Ben Heaney from Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, remember, do you remember Armalo Herrera from Georgia? Ten, 
Yeah, you wasn't he at Tennessee first, and he transferred to Georgia. Yeah, yeah, dude was a plug and a half. Just Tank. blew up gaps. Absolutely. Oh, let's not talk about where I had Daniel Hunter in this draft either. Okay, I'll talk about Daniel Hunter. That's let's good. Not, I'm good. Hard pass. Daniel was 61st for me. That's excellent. Good job. Yeah, I, I sided more with where the NFL had him. <laughs> um, Preston Smith was a swing and a miss. Item 76th. Preston Smith. Oh, I mean, 70. You Do you think you were low on him? Yeah, I was too low. On him. Okay. You got some good offensive guards in this class, huh? Ali Marpet, Shaq Mason, oh, Lincoln Tomlinson. Don't forget Trey Jackson from Florida State. Uh, yeah, he's very forgettable. Um, Omagbe Odigizu was in this class too. No, uh, yeah, big was a big fan. Was a oh, big I fan. His tape was so good. I don't care that he didn't work out. He has a brother that's coming out. I think this yeah. year or next. Yeah. And yeah, he's at UCLA yeah. too. So that's good. Trey got to be careful. Not not make him pay for the sins of his brother. Hey, Joe, Brock Hacking was in this class. I bet you I did him. Brock Hacking. Yep, Nevada. Yeah, this was the dude I was telling you about that was on Cameo last week, and you were like, who the hell's that? Never even heard of that guy. Yeah, I, I didn't remember the player I had 307th oh, on my board in 2015. <laughs> but yeah, we can get a Cameo by that guy for sure. 20 bucks, I think. I might Send get it. you one now just for this. For that guy? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna in the notes. I'm gonna say Joe had you 330 something on his board in 2000. Yeah, yeah, and then I'll get Trey Watson right right back at you, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're shutting it down. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of Draft Dudes, brought to you by Built Bar. And remember, promo code Locked On will save you ten dollars off your first box. Takes on takes tomorrow. We have that to look forward to. So please make sure you're dialed in. You're ready to go. You send in your hot takes. We want to hear them. We want to talk about them. We talked about tight ends on the show today. The 49ers, uh, a really interesting team to project moving forward when thinking about what they're going to have to move and shake with the the salary cap. little walk down memory lane with the 2015 NFL draft. You never know what you're going to get. So hit subscribe. Come on back and see us again tomorrow. Kyle Krabs with Joe Murner. Thanks, as always, for listening. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.